Welcome to the Hookah and Mountain Dew Show. Hookah do. Hookah do. Because Vic, Vic Hare has his hookah and... Nick has his do. I one. know, mine sounds so much climatic. Your code red Mountain Dew, right? Yes. That's his favorite. Code red hookah do. Keeping the code red flavor in business. Mountain Dew has to continually produce the code red flavor because Nick's emptying out all the shelves with <clears> his <throat> many purchases of code red Mountain Dew. That's not true. I'm not the only one, trust me. Yeah, you and three guys in Idaho buy up all the Mountain Dew. I agree. Actually, yes. That's exactly right. I know. As he pulls out another one. (laughs) Well, folks, we continue with our our Halloween retrospective in the winter, which we know makes no sense. But we are now on to part four after we watched the commercial of part three and I didn't have the mask on, so my head didn't explode and have snakes come to my eyes and all that stuff. So that was cool. I did. I thought you were probably now like a mannequin, uh, whatever the woman turned into at the end of part three. I, th- I felt like you might have been that because you hadn't talked a lot previously no, since yeah. you've been here today. Yeah, I, I, I wore it. My head, well, it doesn't crush your head. It just, you know, shocks the buggies into your system. But I had no, I already had no brain, so it's not like they could kill me by eating my brain. So they all just left my body. Huh. Well... Just remember, no brain saves lives, especially during the zombie apocalypse of Return of the Night of the Living Dead. Fun facts, Nick. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks for that update. So, Halloween 3, which was supposedly going to turn the series into an anthology series, but... Did not work. Did not work. Didn't make as much money as they wanted. Didn't get the reception from the fans and critics they wanted. Probably didn't care about the critics so much, but mm. the fans at the time didn't like it, even though, as we know, the fans have come around for the most part to enjoy it as a standalone different thing. But the creators, Mustafa Akkad, not really a bidding war. Mustafa Akkad basically took over full control of the series at this point. Pretty much with Halloween 4, there's no involvement here from John Carpenter or Deborah Hill. It's all Mustafa Akkad, and his first thing was to bring back Michael. How? He blew up. There's, there's ways around blowing people up, and there's always resurrection-type things you can do. He went whoosh. Well, his original idea was that a coroner is going to eat Michael's heart. Oh. And then we're going to have a body-switching movie where Michael only appears at the end and can only be taken down by a dagger that must be plunged to his heart by a relative. And then there's going to be like a bounty hunter and that didn't get done, so they saved that later for Jason Goes to Hell. That's my story, and I'm sticking to it. No, I'm just fine. That didn't happen. But you're right. We have to get Michael back, and the easiest thing, the easiest way to do it is say, hey, he survived that fire from part two. Now, let's get in the dynamic of that. We saw the room explode. We saw Michael walk out. He's clearly burning. Yes. Burning to a crisp. Yes. Crispy but fried human. With modern health care. He's been in the hospital. They've been giving him jello, feeding his uh, comatose body. For 10 years. Maintaining a pulse for 10 years. I think this makes more sense than H2O, at least, where he survived and disappeared. They didn't find the body. At least they found the body and put him in the hospital. Sure, Loomis probably was thinking, let him die. Why are you keeping him alive? But <laughs> and who's, by the way, who was paying his hospital bill? Uh, probably 10 years in the hospital? Hey, Michael, taxpayers' money. Michael, when he's done with his killing, is about to get a hefty tax bill, a hefty, a hefty medical bill. He's about to go into medical debt. Taxpayers' money. We're keeping mass murders alive yes. in the hospital. Well, we he's keep eating. Him alive in jail he's eating anyway. Jello on our dime. We keep him alive in jail anyway. It's true. And 
Michael will never see a day in jail because he's in a coma. Well, how about we start this off by me asking, why is the security guard's name Jones? What's wrong with the security guard being named Jones? He is not a relative of mine, thank you. I thought your name was Nick Arcana. <laughs> let, me, let me see. I, I appreciate the very, very, very opening credit sequence of Halloween 4. Just giving the ambiance of the sort of uh, the fall season. You got the deserted farm area. It's a very cool. And you got some airy, very airy music before the Halloween score actually kicks in. So the opening credits were actually pretty dope. So I wouldn't know this because for some unknown reason, my copy, I don't know if it was my PS5. Or if it was the copy of Halloween 4 I have, which I have the Blu-ray of, for some reason, the audio kept going in and out when somebody was not talking. So basically, you didn't hear the audio for like half the movie. No. All right, there's three things we can blame here. We can blame the PS5. Well, it already sucks with discs. The actual Blu-ray itself. Well, it already sucks with whoever made it. Or the most likely scenario, the Curse of Thorn took over your PS5. See, in part four, there was no Curse of Thorn yet. It's still there. We just don't know it yet. <laughs> Hell, Michael doesn't even have the tattoo on his wrist. I know. I looked. If Michael kills someone in an empty forest, did that person still die? Yes. Okay. Well, Curse of Thorn is still there then. Oh, did I? Now, of course, the real test would be when you play a non-Michael Myers related movie, does it still give you audio issues? Well, what's bad is part five only did it once. All right, well, it was Curse of Thorn, but a little bit less Curse, Curse of Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> Even though the Curse of Thorn had played a little bit more... You need to put, on, you need to put on a happy movie like uh, The Princess Bride and see if it skips or if it's audio problems. Then we I know. I don't own that movie. We'll just find some okay, happy fine. some happy non-horror movie, man. Okay, happy non-horror, lethal weapon it is. Well, Christmas just passed, so I, I would wait till next Christmas since it's clearly a Christmas movie, apparently. It is a Christmas movie. Oh, by the way, I'm Bruce, not opening that can of worms Bruce with you right now. Bruce Willis claims Die Hard is not a fucking Christmas movie. Wow. But then again, this is Bruce Willis we're talking about. Well, society has already determined that it is a Christmas movie. There's no going back now. The toothpaste is already out of the, the tube now. All right, so toothpaste let's... Toothpaste is out of the tube. That's the best you could come up with. That's a great, 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 great analogy. Now, let's get back to Michael in the hospital finally saying to himself, you know... I'm tired of wasting all these taxpayers' dollars. I'm going to bring myself to life and escape from the hospital. Which, by the way, uh, so everyone claims Michael has some kind of psychic connection to his family members. Yes. Okay, cool. Explain to me how it took a paramedic to mention he has a niece for him to finally wake the fuck up and kill somebody. I don't know. The movie does make you think that the mere mention that he has a, a young niece out there makes him... Literally come back to life. I, I, I like my theory that he was being responsible financially and saying, hey, listen, if I stay dead for another five years, I'm going to owe a million dollars. I think maybe that was a part of it, but most of it might have been this whole, I got to kill my family members thing. Also, here, here's another question I got. So in this little scene, before Michael gets up and starts killing people, for some reason, the doc, when the doctor mentions, well, he has a little niece, what, is she going to be his ward? I'm like, for, for one... You shouldn't be letting anyone be this guy's ward. Because <laughs> yeah. that means they are his caretakers. And that also means he he will have proximity to his little niece to kill her. Yes. Um. Well, at this point, I would have just put a bullet in this fucker's head. Well, before I can question the logic of it, <clears throat> Michael's already killed these fucking paramedics. And I'm and, just, I'm enjoying him 
sticking a thumb in, in the guy's head and shit. So. Yeah, that, see, this is also why you probably should have put a bullet in this guy's head. Well, I mean, if you listen to Loomis, then none of this would have happened. Now. Explosions. We do meet. <laughs> we now meet the niece. Young Jamie Lloyd, played by... Danielle Harris in her first movie. Is it her first movie? Movie-wise, yes. Wow. She played in a few TV series, which, by the way, she actually beat out Melissa Joan Hart for this role. What? Yep. We could have Michael hunting down Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Yep. And killing her before she becomes a Teenage Witch. Yep. Wow. No, I think I prefer Danielle Harris. Same, because honestly, we probably wouldn't get Danielle Harris in today's standards versus what we could, what Melissa Joan Hart could have ended up being, but now she's more of a comedian. Well, who knows the chain events? Maybe you don't even get Sabrina if she does Halloween 4 and 5. She could have been pretty much our next Danielle. She could have been what Danielle Harris is now, just B-movie Scream Queen. Yeah, but I like Danielle (laughs) Harris in Last Boy Scout, her brief appearance in Boy Meets World. I like her in a lot of other stuff, too, as well. So, She has a dream about Michael. Yes. So there is, because she's never met Michael, so there is a mind connection because she knows what he looks like with the mask and everything. This is... Before he bought the mask, he's wearing the mask. He doesn't even buy the mask. He just steals them. Yeah, which, but before he has the mask, he's wearing the mask in her, her dream hair. Which, um, still don't know how this connection works, how it's supposed to work, because, like, I'm assuming she's getting this connection now that he's woken up. That part I'm fine with. Yes. Again, I would have assumed Michael would have woken up maybe when she was born, or maybe just not have been in a fucking coma. Because this whole thing where he has to hear that he has a knee is like he doesn't already know. Now, I'll say this. It is interesting. If we say that the mind connection is more on her end and not his end, they do say in a coma state that sometimes you can still hear the outside world. You're just you're in a coma, but you can hear it. So him in a vegetative state, it makes sense. He could have actually heard the paramedics say that, and that could have awoken something. But maybe the, the mental side, the powers are just on her end and not his end. Although, well, although he's going to actually know exactly where to go to find his niece and everything. But. Yeah. Well, how about we get to a character that really should be dead at this point because he would have been center point of that blast, Dr. Loomis. Well, we're arguing about can Michael still be alive. At least Michael has some superhuman regenerative abilities we can and rely he, on. And he wasn't the center point of the kaboom. Doc- he would not be in pieces. Dr. Loomis being alive is maybe a bridge too far, but we get to have Donald Pleasance <laughs> back, and this movie would not be the same without him, so I welcome it, even though I'm like, ah, he should have exploded into a million different pieces in part two. Yeah, and then, you know, Dr. Loomis finds dead mechanic, a dead woman, and he confronts Michael, where Michael does horror portation. He does disappear right out the garage. Yeah, like he was, him and Michael are sitting there talking. And it is to be believed that when Loomis brings the gun up to shoot at Michael, Michael's still standing there. And then as the shots go off, he somehow dodges the bullets. Are we supposed to believe he jumped out of the fucking way? The man that does not even briskly walk towards his victims just hey, jumped. He's he's <clears throat> quick as a cat and slow as shit at the same time. <laughs> I don't know. I love this scene though because it's kind of uh, first of all I like I like Michael with the bandaged face look. Yeah, well, that's, um, that's, it's it's kind of kind of eerie but kind of cool. And then I like uh, this whole mini action sequence of like Loomis diving out of the way as if he's like Van Damme and Hard Target or some shit. Like I 
I'm down for it. Like Loomis jumps 18 feet in the air to clear the explosion. So well, I'm I mean, all for it. It's kind of surprising considering, in fact, his, one of his legs is bum. Yeah, well, listen. When adrenaline hits, you can jump like Michael Jordan. So Also, uh, are you ready? You're about to see a, re- a reoccurring character. The clown costume. The clown costume. This movie, it has a lot of fun nods to the first movie. Yeah. You can tell they actually respect the first one and are paying homage to it in many different ways. Maybe this is the mind connection. Jamie just happens to pick out the clown costume again. Yeah, and then Michael apparently is also in there at the same time stealing a mask that I do not believe would be in that town. For one reason. This town is obviously not trying to profit off of what happened 10 years ago. Yes. But yet, why the fuck is this mask in there? But is he is he stealing this kind of meta? Is he stealing a Michael Myers mask or is he stealing a William Shatner mask? Oh, he's still in a William Shatner mask. Yeah. But still, I'm... There may be so many Star Trek fans in that damn town <laughs> that they went to a town hall and were like, let's vote on it. Do we remove all Star Trek William Shatner masks? And they're like, nope, let's not do it. No, I, if I was that store owner, if I saw those masks after what knowing what happened there, I would have taken those masks, threw them in the fire. My question is, I would rather... So there's one big complaint most people have about this movie. And I kind of second that. I hate this fucking mask. This is one of the worst Michael looks. Michael's look in this movie is like the one big terrible thing. He looks fucking weird. He has like shoulder pads, shoulders. Like his his shoulders are padded up for some reason. Well, his shoulders are padded. Yeah, because his whole body also looks like he's wearing almost like a muscle a bodysuit, but the head doesn't match. And I'm just like, the mask just looks weird. I'm like, Michael, man, come on. My complaint is not that he stole the mask, but steal a better mask, Michael. Like you're going to wear that all the time. Knowing what he got with the mask, I would have preferred the bandage look for the entire movie. Right. Just stick with the bandage look then. Well, here's a character I feel like should have gotten his own show just from the way he was talking. Cause it sounds like he has a lot of adventures ahead of him. Mr. Sayer. Oh yeah. The one that picks up Loomis. I mean, <laughs> spoiler, this is going to be my favorite scene. It, it's just so random, but it's like such a good scene. And the guy, so, so wholesome. And honestly, the way the guy's talking, I'm like, shit, what the hell has he been through? I want to see that. There's a, there's a draft of the screenplay where he's in more of the movie. He ends up coming to with Loomis to Haddonfield and ends up getting killed by Michael. Though, so, but, so maybe it's left better as a mystery. Yeah. But him singing and... Just Loomis's wholesome look. This is, just, <laughs> this is a great standalone scene in the series. Props whoever wrote that in. Well, we have a new sheriff in town. Oh, and, and he... by the way, by the way, no, no props to the uh, the young people that uh, left oh, yeah. left Loomis on the side of the road. That was just cruel, man. Yeah, fuck it's young a, people. An old man limping, and you're just like, you see how happy Loomis looks when they first stop, and then his disappointment when they drive the- I love his face actually he's more <laughs> like are you fucking kidding cause he was so happy <laughs> that they stopped for him and then just cruel cruelty no but now we got a new sheriff and by the way that sheriff also has a daughter Jay I wonder what's gonna happen to the daughter Sheriff Meeker is a badass and just like Brackett he has no problems making sure the town is safe <laughs> The sheriffs in these movies are always very competent. Like, At least until uh, the next member. 
Well, uh, yeah, Spoiler well, we, we're not going to get into <laughs> part five, Meeker. We're only going to address part four, Meeker. And one of my favorite new characters introduced in the movie is Sheriff Meeker. Because he immediately, immediately takes Loomis seriously. Immediately is like, all right, we don't want a repeat of what happened 10 years ago. Um, the movie actually, it's not a remake of the first one, but it has the same beats if you think about Michael escapes, Michael's heading back, Loomis comes back. Loomis first thing goes to like the police station to like mm-hmm. alert, alert the authorities. It has a, a, the same kind of feel as part one to a degree. Uh, we should also talk about Rachel Carruthers. We haven't talked about her yet. She's introduced as... The foster sister of Jamie. And you should address maybe what happened to Jamie Lee Curtis also. Laura oh, Stroud. yeah, she died. There you go. You, she you died in a car accident. Allegedly. Which... Michael Myers probably had something to do with it. No, he was in a, a coma. His spirit killed her. <laughs> well, either way, Jamie became an orphan, and now he's she's been taken in by the Carruthers family, leaving Rachel having to babysit her, which she's upset about because she oh, would like to go out with her boyfriend, night. Brady. Who we find out is cheating on her with Meeker's daughter. But wait a minute, though. For revenge porn, nonetheless. Wait a minute, though. He's not really cheating on her until she... Well, he does cheat on her eventually. But initially, he wanted to spend the night with her, and then at the last second, she was like, I got to babysit. He gets mad, and then the young young hormones take over, and he unfortunately... Honestly, I don't even think it's young hormones at this point. He's like, oh, she slighted me. How can she slight me when I'm better looking than her, even though that's a bullface lie? I'm going to go... Fuck the next best looking thing I see. Who happens to be his coworker? Actually, I, I notice this thing in the eighties movies all the time. The boyfriends suck. Not just that, but <laughs> just, just just my opinion. Where they they have the girl next door type, and then they have what they say is like the better looking, more exotic girl. And I must I must always Go feel like it. the girl next door type looks better. Right. I'm like you're just. It's like America's vision of like uh, what is sexy, basically, and I'm like. Well, again, for me, it's like Rachel's... I would much rather be Rachel than this uh, girl that Bray now desires, pretty much. Right, the, and... The horse-type girl. And that's was, still before right. we even realize what her damn personality is like. Uh, she's kind of vapid and just... You can imagine her probably being like the prom queen type who uh, messes with a lot of guys and doesn't really value herself that much, I guess. But. Uh, yeah, that's exactly how. But to be honest, I do feel like she still has some kind of good qualities because... No, nobody in this movie is a true villain. All the Except Michael. All the human characters <laughs> except Michael um, are feel like real people mm-hmm. with real emotions. I'll say that. Um, I'll also say the movie does have a, a good cameo by... She's just called Lindsay here, but she supposedly is Lindsay Wallace. As Rachel and Lindsay picks up Jamie from the school. And you know Jamie's getting bullied the same way that Tommy Doyle was yep. in the first movie. These kids are evil. They are. And you know what? Jamie's an orphan they're chanting. Yep. What kind of kids are this? And you know what? This is where if I was Jamie's foster dad, I would have been like, look, this is what you do when a kid bullies you. If it's a dude, kick him in the nuts. I can't condone this violence for kids. Hey, but think of it this way. Well, I One, mean. The best way to get rid of a bully is a show that you are stronger than them. I am laughing on the inside. Well, uh, uh, I will say this. This movie definitely does a better mob than Halloween Kills ever did. 
Yeah, I would say so for sure. Because one thing that makes a lot of sense with the mob is that the people that mob up together, they're already friends hanging out at the bar. Mm-hmm. It's not some weird recruitment thing where they drive through town and be like, hey, Michael's around. Hop in. Let's go kill him. They're like, yeah, evil dies tonight. This is just friends at a bar being like, let's protect our town. And one of and there's a reason, too, because Michael takes out the police station. They have to. Well, yeah, Michael takes out the police station. Because originally they were going to the police station to find out, hey, why in the world do I have to shut down my business? Yep. That was the original reason. When he when they go down there, sees the whole police station destroyed. You also find out one of them, their kids was also murdered during that whole time. Uh, yep. Oh, from the, from the previous 10 years. Yeah. yeah. One of them was murdered from the previous 10 years. So he also has a personal connection to the situation. Yeah, and Michael taking out the police station is probably the first time we get a glimpse of... I would say that's the first thing Michael's done in the series that's kind of like... Mm-hmm. Not superhumanish, but kind of like, ooh, well, he, he took out the entire police station? This yeah. is obviously a different Michael from the first movie. Yeah, because he definitely wanted to make sure, hey, please, the police gave me troubles last time. I'm going to make sure they can't this time. So the director said that he wanted everything to make sense. He said that Michael, but he takes out this guy at the... Yeah, at the electric plant that electric knocks plant. out power all over town. Very systematic, strategic by Michael... I feel bad for the guy just doing his job, but he's like, now you just stand there. Don't move. Right. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm going to go call the cops. You don't move. It's like, dude, I thought you wanted him to leave. I'll be like, I'm going to call the cops. If you're here by the time they get here, well, that that's on you, buddy. And then I wouldn't have turned around to look at him. I would have just ran because this guy can't fucking move. Now, there's there's one pet peeve I have, though. I hate deaths where someone throws something throw somebody onto like a power thing and they immediately start getting electrocuted and burning up and stuff like that. I hate those kind of deaths. Okay, go go to a uh, electric plant like that and put your hand on something. Tell me what happens. I know, I just, it's lazy. <laughs> it's stupid. I don't know. <laughs> Tell me what fucking happens. But again, Michael's showing the strength by just throwing this mofo. Like, <laughs> yeah, get on there and destroy the town's power. <laughs> well, we already saw his strength, well, more his regenerative abilities when he shows his hand in scalding hot water in part two and doesn't scald. Yeah, but I think, I'm not going to say that Michael coming back to life here was, I don't think he's necessarily zombie Michael, like the way Jason did, Mm -mm. but he's clearly a stronger Michael than the first two, I feel like. Well, Michael's coming after Rachel, and then the police pick her up. And there's a couple different Michaels, because the town is still, so to go back to your your Halloween concept point... Kids are still dressing as Michael. See, the kids doing it is different because they... Well, then you would sell the costume, though. So They still would not be... They wouldn't have been old enough to understand the severity of the situation. However... Well, let me give you the, the economic point, though, too. The owner of the costume store is just a small business owner trying to make a living. He's going to put whatever costumes in the store that sell. So if there's a demand for half the kids in the town want to dress like Michael Myers... He's going to stock that store with a bunch of Michael Myers costumes. I just wish Michael had picked out a better one. <laughs> or, uh, or just, just a big, big, big fat fucking, or, uh, they went to another town because they're obviously old enough to drive judging by the look of them. And everybody apparently is rich in this goddamn town because they all drive. So they probably went to another town where they are profiting off the situation because people going there wanting to dress up as a local legend. Maybe, but why that doesn't work is because 
Michael stole the mask from the town in this, the town store. So we already know there's a costume store that has the mask. Well, uh, yeah, and that costume store is a jackass. Well, he's making money. <laughs> he, he, he sold out of Michael Myers' costume. What so are you talking about? I guarantee you they stole the mask just like Michael. Do you think Michael stopped at the register and went, oh, by the way, I got paid for this? You think these little... Pulled out a Visa Express card? You think all these 16-year-olds can steal? Get out of here. Apparently, if it's easy enough for Michael to do it. No. He, he's a big you're, motherfucker. You're telling me you're not going to pay attention to him? You're going to great lengths to not admit the truth. <laughs> they sell Michael Myers costumes in this town, and many people buy them. And they're clearly going trick or treating as Michael Myers. There's going to be a there's a high probability for a Ben Tramer situation part two, where a cop speaking of runs ben, him over. Speaking so. of Ben Tramer, there's a scene in this that reminds me of what it reminds me of Ben Tramer a little bit. We'll get there when we get there, because that's actually probably the, one of the only parts of this movie I actually did not like because it was fucking stupid. Um, Waitrell is taking Jamie trick-or-treating, but they do get picked up by the police. Yep. And, and they're kind of informed a little bit about what's going on. They go to the sheriff's house where they get armed. Or, uh, well, not are, everybody gets armed. Are they? Um, well, first of all, we should, we should acknowledge that uh, the irony going to the sheriff's house is that the sheriff's daughter was the one who was uh, messing with Brady. Yep. So now Rachel's stuck in a house with basically, and now you just found your cheating boyfriend and now you're like stuck in a house with them. Yep. And um, he's, in the attic. he's in the attic getting ready in case someone comes. Uh, Kelly, for some reason, is still running around in her shirt and panties. Like, uh, lady, it, you have grown-ass men now in your house. You got plenty of people, and your dad's not even telling you, hey, uh, go put on pants. Uh, yeah, that was pretty disrespectful on her part. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, Mika and Loomis leave, and there's one cop left standing guard, and personally— I think that's going to scare Mike away. He's not coming to this house because that one cop is sitting there on the rocking chair with one with one gun. I think I think the movie's going to end now because I think Michael's like, oh, I can't get in that house. Now it's over. Now I feel I feel the same. He's going just going to blow Michael's. He's just going to blow the guy's head off. Even though we uh, when Kelly finds the body, it's not Michael. It's Detective Lo- Deputy Logan. Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> How did Michael get in? <laughs> I don't know, but he's in, and now I think that I'm about to like this death with, with, with Kelly because, you know, sometimes people say that guns don't kill people. People with guns kill people. Well, in this case, it was both. Yep. Michael was like, you know, you want gun control? Take away the bullets. I'm going to just stab motherfuckers with the gun. Yep. And this also feels like, again, superhuman Michael. <laughs> yeah, because good, good luck trying to stab someone with a blunt object like a gun. But anyway, so the cavalry is going to be there in 35 minutes. Ah, well, that's that's great. I mean, that's great for the people in, in the house. Um, sort of. Um, and then we find out, even though Brady said he can shoot, he doesn't obviously know to count his shots of a double-barrel shotgun. Tell me, Vic, how many shots are in a double-barrel shotgun? I don't know. Two. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So the two times he shoots at the fucking door... And then is surprised to find out he is empty. Yep. There's, there's a, I love this scene, but there's a couple problems with it. (laughs) One thing is that, because I do see this as like Brady's redemption arc. Ultimately, Brady did care about them because he's basically sacrificing himself here. But was it a needed sacrifice? Why didn't you just run, Brady? Why are you so (laughs) determined to fight Michael? You have a clear... Michael's not in front of your entrance. You have a clear exit strategy here. 
But when the gun doesn't work, now you're like, I'm just going to fight him. It's like, okay, we appreciate your sacrifice, but why? I don't appreciate the sacrifice because, to be honest, it feels... It feels negated because by the time, because Michael ends up reaching them almost immediately after, like the girls didn't fucking run. Well, that's not his fault. He's telling them, he's like, he's like, run, Rachel, get in the attic, go, go. She's just like, no, Brady, don't. I think that Brady should have ran with them, of course, because again, this makes no sense. He stays and fights Michael. Especially since Michael walks slower than a damn tortoise. Still, it was really unnecessary for Brady to basically do a suicide mission here. It's one story if they were trapped and he was giving them time for the girls to run around while he was dying. But but I appreciate the writing because the idea here is that it would be very easy to make Brady like a cheating, hateful character. But he does the right thing here, I guess, theoretically in terms of just sacrificing himself. So you end up feeling better about Brady afterwards because when push push came to shove, he. He's a, he's, that's that's a tough guy though. It's not like a, a coward. So, well, but that said, Michael of course has to crush his head in. Yep. And so. then now we're on the rooftop, where Rachel falls and gets knocked unconscious. And also, I'm still sitting here trying to think: How does anyone die by this motherfucker who goes two miles an hour? I think because. Well, I don't know. There's always the exit strategy. I mean, at least. When at least even zombie Jason, when he's even though he's walking, he's still walking with a purpose. You hear those footsteps, you see how big of a stride he's taking. Whereas Michael is just like, meh, okay, I'll get you when I get you. Well, I mean, if you're on a roof, then you're a little bit more susceptible to him catching you because you're on. Sm- if Michael gets you in a small area, then you're screwed. But if you have like any kind of open pathway, you should be able to get away. You'd think, but apparently no one takes the uh, open pathway where... I'm sorry, uh, in that house, the house isn't that big. Mm-hmm. Yeah, on the roof, you'd hurt, do some damage jumping, but I would have just jumped off the damn balcony that he was about to fight Jay, that Brady and Jason were, Michael were fighting on. Yeah. I, if I was the girls, I'd be like, okay, bye, jumps off and then runs out the front fucking door. I think they were still thinking that they could uh, barricade themselves in the attic. The man uh, walks through glass like it's sugar. They haven't seen Halloween 2? <laughs> how, how, how would they know that this guy with a mask on is like superhuman? Um, uh, the fact that they don't hear... They, he's literally a ninja. You know, but I like it because I like... I just like chase scenes. I like chase scenes Even on the roof. Even though they're boring? They're not boring. I find them My, suspenseful. Michael chase scenes are horror, boring. Horror, horror movies without chase... I, I disagree. Horror movies without chase scenes are stupid and that's my problem with the new trilogy is the lack of chase scenes at least with this roof scene is awesome this is not boring in any way it is it's only because in your head you figure he's not gonna catch her but if he caught her and threw off the roof you'd be like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) yeah still that's our main character so it's not gonna happen but still that's the problem with uh, at least if he walked with a sense of purpose instead of just mindless what are you talking about He's a, he walks like a killer robot. He, that's purpose. <laughs> Tell me, me and you went out there and walked like we needed to grab something. How fast are you walking? Two miles an hour slow as Michael or at least five miles an hour and almost a brisk jog? Well, true. If I'm gunning for someone to kill, last thing I'm going to do is put one foot in front of the other. I'm going to be gunning. Well, I agree. Like I said, Michael's most deadly again when he has you trapped in a small space and you have to fight back or... You feel like it to fight back? That's when you're, or when he sneaks up on you, of course. No, when that's that's a different story, though. At least when it, that's what I like. 
him going slow is when he's sneaking up on you. He has because yeah. you don't see him, you don't know he's there, and the slow walk is so he doesn't make that much noise. Yeah. But if he's chasing you, he should be going just a tad bit faster. If you're out in the open, I agree. But he, he, I don't think he can run. I don't think he knows how to or something. So. Either way, at so, least Michael can drive. We know when he goes across town, it's him driving. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I mean, fuck. At that point, that's that's how the chase scene should go. Let's get back to the mob. Well, how about we get to the schoolhouse? Because I need to say something about the schoolhouse. Is that before the mob or after the mob? Uh, you're talking about when the mob kills somebody? Yeah. Well, the movie now, we're cutting to two different things. We have the Rachel story. We have the mob story. The mob has determined that it's up to us to take out this vigilante, and we're going to do our own job. Well, considering the fact there's no cops to do it. They got to do it. <laughs> and they're going to prove their competence by killing she, killing she, an innocent kid. Yes. And I just love the reaction. Isn't the guy like just like, Jimmy, you dumb fuck. You, you said you saw Michael Myers. Yeah, right. <laughs> but once this happened, I was like, well, this mob is dead. Because they're like, now it's like, before you were kind of supporting them. Now you're like, I hope Michael kills these mobiles. Well, either way, so now we get to the schoolhouse scene. And there's one thing. I, there's just one thing I want to say about this. Michael grabs Loomis and throws him through a door. <laughs> cool awesome why is your hair white my guy yeah this is a big time flub i don't know how who who was doing the editing and saw this and things didn't think like hey like shouldn't this can we do something to change like what Did, he was wearing the uh, the, the dark haired mask before why is it completely fucking snow white now it looks really bad if you watch it in slow motion <laughs> it, was, it was the ghost of ben tramer ben tramer ben tramer's mask was white yeah i need some justice man so it was the ghost of Ben Tramer that threw Loomis through the door because Loomis is technically the reason why Ben Tramer is dead. This is true. Um, I like everything in the school, too. I think a chasing in a school just feels, like, different, unique. So I like that. Um, I I think I think they, did, they made a correct calculation that when you're chasing a little girl, it does feel a little more threatening than when you're chasing well, That's because the little girl's teenagers. not going to be able to defend herself, whereas... Most teenagers, under normal circumstances... We saw that work with Brady, yeah. <laughs> under normal circumstances, a teenager could potentially defend themselves. Against Ghostface, not against Michael. <laughs> Again, normal circumstances. Yeah. That's a normal person you're dealing with. Yeah. And, and even half the time, I don't think so. <laughs> well, the other thing in the movie is that because you have, you have two main characters with Rachel and Jamie... I'm kind of worried about Rachel because I feel like they could easily kill her off in this movie. Yeah. You could end the movie with just having Loomis and Jamie and be okay. So you don't need Rachel. So whenever she's in trouble, you kind of keep thinking like, they're probably going to kill off Rachel. So. Well, instead, uh, Rachel shows up, knocks out Michael. Then they get the fuck out of there. And they get saved by the mob. And the mob, instead of doing the dumb thing and let's go in and die, they decide... Let's get out of here. Yep. Well, also at this point, they also have two people they now have to protect. So they're like, okay, well, if we go in there and we die, they're sitting ducks. And supposedly the (laughs) the cavalry's on the way. Right. Which we do pass on the way. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, we get horribitation again because somehow Michael ends up on the back of this truck. It's actually a really well done thing where the the cavalry's coming. (laughs) They're going the opposite direction. Everybody feels safe. But Michael's in the car. How is Michael on the fucking truck? I don't know, but I love seeing him in the background killing all these mofos 
and uh, and especially what happens to the main mob. Oh, man. Earl, yeah. Oh my he just God, grabs him right. he gets it bad. Jesus. Now I'm just like, fuck you. And yes. Then, and then this drive goes on a little too long for me because she's trying to swerve to get him off. I'm like, hey, hey, Rachel, Rachel, you, you got brakes. Hit the brakes. Rachel, hit the fucking brakes. We don't really see Rachel drive in the movie. Maybe we do, but was Lindsay driving or was she driving? I don't know. But uh, I think Lindsay was. Yeah, so maybe Rachel can't really drive. Because... Well, apparently, because instead of hitting the brakes until the end of it, of course, she decides to try and swerve multiple fucking times. Lady, all you're doing is making it where he can't grab a hold of you. Cool. You can make it where you can get off the damn truck, though. And then he slams his head into the windshield like, hey, what's up? <laughs> like, that gave me a laugh. Because <laughs> that stupid-ass mask just all of a sudden... Smashing into the windshield. I'm like, fuck you. I, I still don't understand. That, that mask is the worst looking thing I've ever seen in my and life. It, that mask is the reason why that scene is so fucking hilarious, though. All right, let's get to the demise of Mike in this movie because... He gets shot. By a firing squad, though. Yeah. And this is not, I shot him six times. This is 55 bullets at least. Um, though, to be fair, I think only six actually hit him. These are powerful weapons, too. They're powerful weapons, but they're aimed by stormtroopers. <laughs> I just dig Sheriff Meeker a lot. So I'm Sheriff going. Meeker's bullets were probably the only ones that went in. Yeah. <laughs> but it, granted, the gun he was using, again, should have probably blown holes in Michael instead of just dropped him down in the face of the earth. Well, I think that probably that's a good ending for Michael. And the ending ending is pretty bold and could take the franchise in a whole new direction. Jamie Lloyd killed her mommy. The prophecy fulfilled... When she bought that clown costume, yep. she basically put herself as the next maniac killer. And you can only think of Loomis' reaction. I'm like, oh, no! Ah! What would Jamie Lloyd's main mask be if she becomes the main killer through the series now? Would it be like a Tina Turner mask? Yes. Painted white? Yep. Okay, so she's going to have like an afro just running around? No. Actually, let's, let's take that out. <laughs> That sounds like blackface slash whiteface. Uh, um, <laughs> well, I mean, what what, el- what other f- uh, famous female character w- would they have made masks of back then? Madonna? <laughs> Isn't that the same fucking thing? <laughs> okay, so so I wonder what mask she would have. Would it be like a Madonna mask painted completely white? I got it. It would have been perfect mm. if, she's, if she's wearing the damn silver shamrock mask. <laughs> Happy up, Halloween, Halloween. Oh, man, I can't even say it right now. What happened to your voice? The damn hookahs just took away my second voice. Oh, the Halloween. Oh, God, can't do it. You're doing, you're doing it wrong. Happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, Halloween. Happy, happy Halloween. You're all gonna die. I just got stuff to get that as my ringtone. <laughs> if she wore the silver shamrock mask, that'd been amazing. But either way, so that's the movie. And, and, and when people first watched this movie, that was a shocking ending. It wasn't like that had been done many times. Now, clearly, clearly. That's not where they went with the movie. Clearly, this is derived from young Tommy Jarvis, of course. Mm-hmm. And I just hope, unlike, because, you know, with, what they did with, with the Friday 30 series was they kept teasing Tommy turning evil, but they never went with it. Yeah. I just hope they really go through with this one. And I hope part five, we see Jamie as the killer. So Best performance. You know, are we doing this thing where we're excluding Loomis from all these so we 
don't just give it to him every movie? Yeah. Okay. Amongst the rest of the cast, I mean, I think you got to go Daniel Harris. I mean, I mean, she's pulling off a lot for her age. I mean, she's a genuinely, like in hindsight, I'm actually almost thinking I should have made at least an honorable mention on my, my whore heroes list. Like, <laughs> for Jamie Lloyd? Yeah, I mean, I mean she's, not, she's showing a lot of emotion for her age. Fun, as an actress, she's showing some good emotion, but she's not really the hero. She's a victim. She never does. She's not the one who eventually takes out Michael. Yes, but she is our. Um, she's still our center focus of the movie because it's all about Michael getting her. Mm. I think her and Rachel are co-leads. I think, and Rachel does the actress who plays Rachel does a great job too. Um, I like all the, the acting. I I could give it to Sheriff Meeker, even though he's like in only a few scenes. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna still go. I think. Daniel Harris is probably the standout, if you had to say. Okay, well, mine is going to... I'm actually going to go ahead and give it to Rachel because she did an amazing job. She was actually a loving sister, even though we get one scene that, for her character, makes no sense to me. It's like, I don't want to go babysitting. That involves me having to miss time with Bradley. And then all of a sudden, it's... It's Brady. Either way. (laughs) Bradley. It sounded better. Uh, And then all of a sudden, she's back to being a loving sister that... Honestly, you cannot see her being the type of woman that wants to neglect her sister over a boy any day. So that one scene makes no sense in her character. I think she's, but, con- she's conflicted because she really wants things to work with Brady. And she's been looking forward to like spending Halloween with him. And then this comes at the last second. But for 90% of the movie, she's basically the best big sister you could ask for. Yeah. Jeez, so, so. And as an actress, she was did an amazing job. I actually believed her as this character. Granted, I don't know how the actress herself is in real life. She could be. Uh, I think I think her name is Ellie Cornell, I believe. Yeah. Uh, I've just seen interviews, but she seems solid. I saw a panel with her and Daniel Harris, and they seem like they're still very close, relatively close. So. Mm. All right. Well, worst performance. I'm going to take this one from Vic and say the jackasses that didn't pick up Loomis. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I guess. Because... Why would you not pick up? An, it's not even the fact that they didn't stop to pick up the old man because they stopped. They let him get to the car and then they drove off, leaving him in dust. That's true. That's the part that pisses me off. I'm like, I'm just sitting there thinking, why didn't, why couldn't Michael have just killed them at least? Like, as Sayer and Loomis are driving by, you just see them crashed on the middle of the highway. Let's just say there's an alter reality where. This is the same universe as the movie The Hitcher, and they'll get killed by The Hitcher. So that's what I like to think. They did pick up somebody, and it was Ruger Hauer. So. Well, first they have to actually pick him up. They'd probably leave him in the dust, too. That's true. Because he, <laughs> he looks like the type of person that would force him into an orgy first. Well, like I said, you could have easily had them them drive by them dead on the side of the road. but Then again, also, Ruger Hauer, they'd probably actually pick him up because one of the girls would have wanted to be with him. Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to give an actual worst performance. Um, it is. That's why I gave it to the jackasses. (laughs) I'm going to say my gut instinct is the actor who plays Michael Myers. I just don't, I'm assuming I don't like, I don't, it's uh, George Wilbur, I believe who later on does a great job in a different one, but the way Michael walks, how he looks, it's hard to blame him for the mask and all that, but Michael's just weird in this movie. Also, he doesn't feel like. The same Michael from the first two movies. I know it's been 10 years he's been a coma. He'll be different, but 
of the strengths of this movie, Michael himself, this is not one of the better Michaels. Well, here's a real question. How skinny is this dude that they had to put fucking football padding on him to make him look intimidating size? It just looks weird. <laughs> it ends up looking just awkward. It there's does. something There's something very awkward about Michael in this movie. Um, so I'm going to say the actor plays Michael George Wilbur, not necessarily his fault per se, maybe who, whoever cast it. And then the mask that does him no favors, the shoulder pads. It, again, it's just a, it's one of the lesser Michael performances. So best scene in this movie is actually slightly hard for me just because y'all heard me bitch at this movie the entire time. I don't think I actually said a positive thing about it. I think it's just your nature to focus on the negative. It is. The, the, it's one of those movies where the the sum, this the total is better than the parts per se. But I mean, I mean, I think that you got, the gas station scene is fantastic, just for mm. how action packed it is. When he picks up the the one dude we're talking about the, um, or when the one dude picks up Loomis, <laughs> that's a fun scene. I like Brady's death. Um, the yeah. mob the mob scene on the truck to me is fun. There's there's some fun things. I'm gonna go with the the guy picking up Loomis though, just because it's like <laughs> it's such a fun, just fun. Nothing to do with the rest of the movie, but just it's interesting kinda, to see Loomis in a different space. Yeah, and it's definitely a fun break from what from the seriousness we've already had. But I'm actually gonna give it to the house scene up until up until right after Brady's death, just because it is intense. It does show Michael in a more intimidating light because you can't run from them in that kind of setting as you brought up the house is too small to try and get around them yeah everything the house is probably the the highlight of the movie in terms of when michael comes to the house that whole chasing afterwards that is that's good but um that'd be my my runner up my runner up i'd say so worst scene uh i'm giving it to the one second schoolhouse scene where michael has white hair (laughs) like seriously y'all couldn't have looked that up and be like Hey, what color hair does this guy have throughout the whole fucking movie? And y'all had to get a was this this had to be a reshoot that I they did know. not have the original mask for. I, that had to be know. a freaking reshoot. You would think so. Um, but that hair just pisses me off. It pisses everybody off. Yeah, it's a big time blooper for sure. You know, nothing really is that bad. Um, no, I had to pick literally a one second thing. There's one more thing I could have chosen, and again, it was more of a nitpick that I'm going to mention probably maybe just in the costume store because I'm assuming she's actually seeing Michael steal the mask there <laughs> if Michael's victim is right there in front of him and she doesn't react by the way yeah it feels like Michael could have just solved the problem right there and took her out right there but he just leaves her alone in that moment it seems it doesn't really make it doesn't really make sense if that his whole purpose is coming back and now the rest of the movie's going to be going so hard after her he could have just got it in the costume store. It doesn't actually make sense. All right. Uh, what would you like to change about the movie? Uh, Michael's robotic slow-ass walk. Well, yeah. I mean, this is very easy. It's not necessarily the story, but just... If you could implant, like, Michael... One of the strong Michaels in this movie, this might be one of my favorites in the series with, like, a better Michael. Mm. Um... In, I mean, not even, you don't necessarily have to replace the actor. Just give him a better mask and take the shoulder pads. Right. <laughs> and if I remember correctly, I mean, I know this is in the future, but Michael in H2O, he moved more with a sense of urgency. I don't remember. I don't think he actually moved all that slow except for certain scenes. This Michael feels like 
in the hospital, they were giving him some kind of medication sedation. <laughs> it, it feels like that. <laughs> That's still in his system here, so yeah. he's like he's still somewhat sedated in this movie. That I guess. could be it, but either way, uh, final thoughts or you did, did you say what you would have changed? Oh, just Michael himself. Okay, final thoughts for me. A lot. I actually did enjoy the enjoy the characters. You know, they all all the actors did their performances and they did them well. The music of the movie is good. The plot is actually pretty decent for uh, what we're getting. Pretty much technically. Ten years after, which I think this did come out ten years after the original, right? Yep. Yeah. So. Exactly ten years. Yeah. So the plot actually plot does continue on from what we got from parts one and two, and it, for the most part, retcons it just fine. And the only problem I have is Michael looks weird in this. The mask was fucking shitty. Uh, he needs to stop moving slow when it comes to open spaces. So really my whole issue with this movie is the villain. And that's kind of not a good thing. <laughs> well, it's weird. Cause Michael is usually a highlight in the movies. Right. So, uh, so over, well, actually I don't think he was a highlight in part two either, but either way. So I'm actually giving this more of a two in my opinion. It is a fair watch when it comes to the Halloween scenes, but to be honest, what we have to deal with next uh, honestly makes this movie almost null and void to me. So I'm giving it a two just for performances, the score, and the atmosphere. Wait a minute. Why? You can't hold this movie accountable for the next movie. Oh, I'm going to. That makes no sense. Because this movie's far better than the next. If anything, that should make you give this movie a better rating compared to what the next one's going to be. Nope, this movie only gets a two for characters, atmosphere, and music. Three stars for me. Oh, delay. Holy fuck. This is you got to explain yourself here, sir. A, well, you, you, you described a three-star movie, and then you were like, you know, character's good. I like the story. You know, I like pretty much everything how it's made. I don't like the villain. One star. No, I'm just like. The right. problem is, if you don't like the villain, how can you like the movie? The villain is the center point of the movie. I don't like, how the, <laughs> I don't like the villain per se, but it's still Michael. I mean, it's Michael Myers. It's not like he's, like, bringing the movie down per se. So I'm coming. I'm actually much more higher on the movie. Um, for me, I'm going three stars. I think within the series, it's one of the stronger entries. I think I realized that I like it better than part two, and I gave part two like two and a half stars. I think. I think I gave part two what? Probably. I think I just got it as two. I think. I think probably two stars. Yeah. So I feel like it's, it's a. Up there for me. I feel like it's a little bit better for me than the second one. So that's why I'm going three stars. Three stars in the context of, I do a thing where I always compare it to the other Halloween movies. Versus, per se, just against the rest of the world. I think in the Halloween series, it's a three-star movie. I think it's a pretty good standalone horror movie. I think you could watch that. A non-Halloween fan can watch this and enjoy the characters. So I'm going to go three stars. And um, like I said, the the only thing I have that I really don't like is just basically Michael's mask and how he looks and how he walks. But but this movie is like Michael's almost like a side character. This movie is more about the other characters. So I'm all for it. Three stars. And on that note, you don't have to go home, but you do got to find yourself a local pizza joint. Make sure you get yourself some pizza. Put a little bit of dash of hot sauce or crushed red peppers, whatever you prefer, and get some wings while you're at it. Pizza and wings are good, Nick, but you're better off getting some green milk from Nilbog. And on that note, <laughs> Vic just told you all to fuck off. <laughs> just because I like a certain type of food doesn't mean you got to say I'm telling them to fuck off. In all seriousness, leave, leave, leave us some comments. Tell us how you feel about Halloween 4. 
and stay out of nil bog. And get ready because we're coming up with Halloween Five next. I'm not here for that one. <laughs> <laughs> you will watch Halloween Five and review this I'm movie not, with I'm me not next here week. For that one. <laughs>